Welcome to the Motivation Movement. This eight-part series will take place over the next four weeks and is designed to bring you high-level conversations about what it actually looks like to embody advanced energetics in your life and business. Join me as I explore the concept of motivation, alignment, and momentum with my team and a panel of incredibly embodied individuals who are living what they teach. These conversations are the definition of noteworthy, so please grab a pen, grab a notebook, make yourself comfortable, and let's get lost in this conversation together. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Energetics of Everything podcast. I am absolutely delighted to be sitting down with Maria Henning today. She is a 2-5 emotional manifesting generator with a Capricorn stellium that I think is important to mention (laughs) because after being in the first round of the Sacred Success coaching certification, she went on to create an incredible online encyclopedia and research database for human design and gene keys information. It is one of the very few resources that I reference. I reference a lot of my textbooks. You can see all of my textbooks here in the background, but I have been using this resource to just find information and to just see it organized in different ways. It's amazing. So that Capricorn Stellium is very appreciated for creating one of my favorite research. <laughs> databases. So thank you for that. Today, we're going to chat about her innocence motivation. So welcome, Maria. Thanks for being here. How are you doing? Yay. Thank you so much for having me. Just like you can see your textbooks in the background, you can see my Capricorn stellium in the background right here, my astrological chart. Thank you for that acknowledgement. I just want to say I was cracking up the other day because I was, I have, of course, in very organized fashion, all the podcasts that I have been on and underneath it said manifesting and it said the energetics of everything. So I am here and you invited me to be here. So we manifested this, but yeah, I'm doing really, really good. (laughs) That's amazing. I'm so honored. I've used that same strategy for manifesting podcasts that I've wanted to be on where I've written down the ones that I have been a part of and then the ones that I am manifesting a full circle moment to be hosting one of the podcasts that someone is manifesting being a part of oh my gosh that's incredible I'm so honored and delighted that I got that nudge (laughs) we were able to make this happen and I was able to invite you here oh my gosh yeah, no, I was shocked and I had forgotten that I had written it. It's yours and then it's the Lacey Phillips podcast because I adore her. And that yeah. was it. I was like, wait, I'm 50% done with my list now. Amazing. <laughs> so yeah, I'm doing great. <laughs> and oh I gosh. love innocence motivation. So really happy yeah, to talk about this yeah. topic. So let's dive into it. Let's start with in your words, in your interpretation, very passive receptive brain here. What is innocence motivation to you? I love how you said it's your words because actually the words I always go to is someone else's words. Sam Zagar, who also has an innocence motivation, and she calls it the surrender to the inner child. That just hits me real deep. And those are the words that I always go to, but it feels like you put the lens on of life is about fun and play and just as simple as that. So surrender to the inner child, life is about fun and play. And from that place, what can you create and what would you create if you were coming from that place? I love that. That's so beautiful. Yeah. I love the inner child. To me, that's a very six line, very 
innocence motivation. I've almost seen it because I think of just a child and the motivation that a child has. The child is looking at the stairs and they're trying to climb the stairs because they're curious. They're not doing it because they desire to push your buttons or they desire to fall down the stairs or because they're afraid of anything like that. Innocence is very much, I'm just curious and I'm just going to play and it's very explorational. So I love that that childlike energy was one of the first things that you mentioned. Yeah, that's such an interesting way of putting it too, because the line six and it translates to motivation as well. It's like the role model. So you, instead of desire motivation, which is like, I'm trying to change the world and be the change in the world by surrendering to my inner child, I then become the role model for others to change the world. Or like, that's how I change the world is by being the role model. And thinking about so many people I hear talk about their kids and they're just like, I'm so inspired. I'm learning so much by watching my kid, but their kid isn't trying to be inspirational. They're just digging their fingers in the mud because they thought it was cool, you know, and that's teaching us something and showing us how to be more ourselves. Another thing too, about innocence motivation is just kind of unfiltered self-expression in the childlike way. Mm -hmm. So before we hopped on this call, you said that motivation is something you're really excited about and very passionate about. What excites you so much about motivation? Oh, yeah, I don't know. It was interesting because the only reason I even got into it is because somebody asked me, they were like, what's your motivation? And I was like, I don't know. I never checked. And that was like a year and a half ago. And I haven't let it go since a lot of things have felt in terms of learning about yourself and human design and gene keys where it's like, oh, this is the missing piece. Now it makes even more sense because motivation is such a standard alone thing. You know, it's not like the 26 gates. Okay. I have all these different gates and I can get into it or all these different centers. You don't have one motivation. This is your motivation as somebody who is very motivated to do a lot of things, given I'm a Capricorn defined root center, MG, all those things, (laughs) understanding what my come from was, was really, really helpful, especially learning about how innocence motivation is mostly reserved for the resonant profiles and how those aren't necessarily super common. And so seeing that innocence motivation isn't really common motivation was also like, oh, that's why I feel so different. It was another level of validation and permission and encouragement to like, yep, this is actually correct for you. It's okay if you don't want to change the world. That was also a reason that made a big difference for me. I was like, yeah, I do want to, but not in that way. So that was very validating. Ooh, that's so fascinating. I just got off a call with Randy talking about her desire motivation and she discussed how she's had to essentially accept the fact that she has a desire to change the world and her trajectory is leadership. We have this power view, leadership, all of the things, a lot of the work that she has had to do is around, and she even mentioned 54, which I want to talk about with you as well, since it's also your conscious son and hers, which I think is super fascinating for this conversation. Yes. But she was talking about how she's had to find balance with the shadows of greed and that gift of aspiration and ambition. She's had to learn how to essentially say, it's okay that I want to change the world. It's okay that I feel empowered and I want to be sharing this power with other people. And she wants to be more involved with creating that active change, which makes so much sense since that's the three line versus the six line with the innocence motivation. So yeah. Yeah. Curious what your experience has been with the Gene Key 54 and your innocence together. Yeah. Oh, so much to say about it. But what was coming up when you were talking is I've had to be okay with the fact that I don't want to change the world in that way. You know what I mean? I obviously do, Mm -hmm. but I'll give an example. I did a branding course and we had this homework assignment that was like, write the manifesto 
of the movement that you're starting. We then went the next session and everybody shared. I was like, I didn't write one because I'm an innocence motivation. And that would completely throw me out of alignment. I'm not trying to make a movement to change the world. I want what's best for the world. And that's what I do in my business. But that's because it's what feels aligned for me with my sense motivation of having it be play and fun. When I'm super embodying that, that creates the change, not me being like, I have to do the change and consciously thinking of this has to be something that's going to change the world. But yeah, ambition, greed, all of those good things. I'm very curious now to hear Randy's podcast when that comes out, because I love hearing other people's interpretation of this gate. But uh, yeah, that's my conscious son. Speaking of my Capricorn stellium, I have this gate five times in my chart. So it's just a very strong energy. It's interesting because it the gate 54 is this like mystical journey of rags to riches is kind of how it's described in human design. And then in the gene key, we go from greed of just kind of monetary desire to now you want something a little bit more spiritual to then eventually you get to this place of ascension. And that feels like it would be really tied to every motivation, but innocence. So for me, it's like, oh, it's just fun that I'm like on this really deeply spiritual path to ascension. I just want to do it because it's fun. And that's what feels most natural. And being like a two, I'm not really aware of it as it's Mm -hmm. happening. It's just really fun. And I'm in the flow and it's this dance. If I just let myself kind of fall into the things that feel most fun and aligned, I end up just tending towards really spiritual growth <laughs> type of things. My idea yeah. of fun is taking a course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some sort of embodiment experience. Yeah. Like learn, help me heal something. That's my kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, what's the next investment? That's what I want to do. Or let's do a healing session. That's fun for me. You know what I mean? So yeah, yes. I, I would say that if you were to look at my chart, you might feel like, oh, that's a little bit weird. She has all this ambition energy for growth. And most of my lines are line five. So there's all this leadership energy. You know what I mean? So it would feel like it wouldn't necessarily make sense with innocence motivation, but for the experience of my life, I lead and do all the growth or whatever through just having it be play. Yeah. And I think that that's something that childlike energy and that innocence is actually such a quality that's needed in leadership, because like you're saying, we associate leadership so much with the five line energy and having solutions or wanting to change the world and wanting to be empowering. But when I think of leadership, I think of the 731 channel, that channel of the alpha leadership is an invited trait. It's something that needs recognition. It's something that needs to be proven over time. Currently leadership is so associated with, we've got five lines, we've got this masculine, these logical systems when really the innocence is such a quality that is needed in leadership, because if there was more innocence, if people felt better and felt safer to just play and let that playful energy be a guiding force in the collective motivation we would see people moving towards things that they probably genuinely desire and are in alignment with instead of doing things that they think they should or following the rules because leadership told me to do this. Therefore, it has to be correct. And seeing someone with innocence motivation in a position of leadership, I think that that would be helpful because it would show all of us that it's safe to play and there isn't a wrong answer. And leadership, while it does need to be done with intention, it doesn't have to be hard or whatever the opposite of innocence is. It can be playful. It can be delightful. It doesn't have to be strict. That was the word I was looking for. It doesn't have to be strict Mm. or rigid. It can be more playful. I think that's why the sixth line is (laughs) innocence in the motivations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
I love that. As you were talking about leadership and innocence in leadership, I think of some of the people that I like to watch and the person that came to mind is Gary Vee, you know, yeah. Gary Vee is a massive leader in his space. I'm like, he doesn't give one fuck about presenting some sort of image. He is very playful. And yet you see Gary Vee and he's an in integrity and he's somebody that's doing things with intention, but part of my intention, and I think maybe I'm not going to speak for him, but I think part of his intention too was part of the leadership is being yourself fully, which is innocence mm-hmm. motivation. The surrender just to the inner child, the inner child just wants to express. And through your self-expression, you'll become a role model for others. The other thing too around that is why it's innocence. This is part of the teaching. It's like, because we are the transitional profile. And so we're sharing the wisdom from this one profile to the next one without agenda. That's what happens when an innocence motivation person is in the transferred motivation. Randy is super in alignment in her desire. When I fall into desire, I have some agenda to be seen as a leader and be seen as change. And so that's not innocent if I'm wanting the recognition, which is again, speaking to that, maybe a shadow theme of the 731. If you need the recognition in an agenda ego way, then you're not really a true leader. That doesn't really work out because it's not about actually leading the people. It's about you getting the thing that you want. Mm-hmm. Having more leaders that just are happy to be leaders, but didn't necessarily get into it to become a leader, I think is like a really good way to describe it in this motivation. Yeah. I love that. So speaking of desire motivation, can you just describe that or just tell me a story about when you've experienced that desire transference and what does that feel like? What does mm-hmm. that look like? Yeah, I can think of two different ways that it showed up. In daily life, I remember always wanting to be the person in charge. There was a certain level of control. I couldn't just let myself be. And since discovering innocence motivation, life is so much easier. In the past, in group experiences, I can think of like my little 14-year-old self. Say, for example, if a friend hadn't been to, I don't know, six flags or whatever before. And I had been, I was like, you got to go here. This is what would be best for you. I wanted to control the experience. Versus innocence would have just been like, let's play and not have any agenda and see how it shows up. Versus now in group scenarios as an adult, last weekend, I was at a bachelorette party for one of my best friends and everyone and their mother just wanted to be the leaders of we're going to get this Uber and we're going to go at this time and blah, blah, blah. And I was so happy. And so at peace to be like, yeah, dude, you do that. I will totally get in that Uber with you. I'll Venmo you later. I do not care. It's just such a release of pressure. And I haven't had too many of those experiences because it's been COVID since I've discovered innocence motivation. <laughs> so I've been around groups too much, but this is a really pointed moment of that, of just being like, oh, I can just receive and I don't have to have an agenda and push my agenda and try to be the leader of it. It was just so much more effortless and playful. And it was very aligned to also as well. It could just be fully in the flow and I don't need to think so obsessively about this. Mm-hmm. In a more business context or professional context or just personal development context, when I would think about things like how do you want to change the world or what's the manifesto or what's the movement that shit would trip me up so much things like your mission and vision statement and things like that they would trip me up so much and it would stop me I guess from getting into business which is what I love as a Capricorn stellium and a Manny Jen or whatever it really stopped me from getting into that and so being able to release it felt very frustrating I was like I want to create this change, but it feels wrong that I'm trying, it feels egoistic. I don't know why, but everyone's telling me that I should have some sort of big vision for the world. And what's your vision and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I don't fucking have one. I just want to have fun. What's wrong with that? You know? So it was very validating to discover the innocence motivation for that piece as well. Very good. I'm curious if your undefined ego center has, and the non-self themes of your undefined ego center have shown up or have maybe triggered your desire transferred motivation at all? I was like deep in contemplation. Yeah. 
you know, what's interesting too, is it's a, the only gate that I have there is the 51.5. So it's like initiative and like the leader <laughs> energy, that being the conditioning receptor for sure. The way I want to prove myself is by being this like shockingly amazing leader. <laughs> so thank you. Sure. I would say that that might have triggered it, especially before knowing it. Proving myself as a theme of the undefined ego, for sure. It's like, oh, if I prove myself as a leader, then I'll be seen as worthy or something like that. I've definitely done a lot of proving myself energy in the past. And I think you could definitely easily relate it to that triggering a desire motivation. I can't think of a specific moment when that was so one-to-one, but probably, (laughs) probably. Yeah, because I was just connecting it with also the conversation I just had with Randy. We talked about the defined ego-centered conditioning and essentially claiming that you have these desires and that you're here to kind of follow them. And so that was also something that came up for her when she was aligning with her desire motivation. I was just curious. I'm like, ooh, undefined ego, innocence Mm. motivation, especially with 51.5 being the conditioning receptor there but also with 26 being the mental conditioning gate there because you're reaching Mm -hmm. for it. So it's almost like if I can just convince people and like 26 is about what you want. It's like the more selfish side of that channel because 44 is about synergy and connection. I was just seeing like, oh, I could see the shadow of 26 pushing Mm. you to take motivation from this. I really want it. I want it bad enough. If I can do it this way, I can prove that I'm a leader. If I can prove that I want this or that other people should want this with me. Yeah. I was just seeing that. And so Mm -hmm. I was curious. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that you're definitely touching on something for sure. But what I'm mostly present is I guess how on the opposite side of that I am, which is like, I just want what I want. And that's fully fine. Innocence motivation has given me such a permission slip to be selfish and to have that be okay. Here's like a psychotic thing I did recently. I aggressively bid on these Avatar The Last Airbender drawn and signed collectibles. And it was an obscene amount of money to have spent on something (laughs) like that. And I felt so neutral about it. Obviously very excited, but just so neutral about this is the thing that I want and it's okay to be selfish. But I think in the past that would have tripped me up and I should be good for other people and not so selfish. No, this is a purely selfish desire. The way that I see the undefined ego center and all undefined centers, it's like they're reflectors. And so their highest state is surprise and delight. And so I get to be surprised and delighted by the things that show up or the things that I want. I get to be surprised and delighted by, wow, this thing was available for bidding. That's so funny that I want this. And that feels playful. The surprise and delight feels playful and feels very innocent because I didn't go seeking it. It it showed up and I got to be like, wow, this is so cool. So I love that. I love that you're also able to recognize that you operate so much in that innocence that even though there are potential for triggers, they're not super present for you right now. I think that that just speaks to the level of embodiment and alignment that you hold and the integrity that you have with the work that you do. Just wanted to recognize that in you. (laughs) Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah, it definitely tripped me up for a long time, though, for sure. I mean, that little Maria who wanted to control the group experience at Six Flags was a lot of my life. So, yeah, I really appreciate that. I've been there, too. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That 3740 really wanted to. And with that 34 as well, like, I can force this to happen. Watch me. Right. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. So as an emotional authority, and then also with feeling cognition, I've been really curious to know what are the sensations that people feel when they're connected to their motivation? It's been interesting to hear the different responses, but I think that you with a feeling cognition and the emotional authority, I think that you're going to have a really 
interesting response. So when you're in innocence, what are the sensations that accompany that? What are the feelings that accompany being in the energy of innocence or being motivated by innocence? Mm, Okay. I have a very specific image that's coming to mind. Have you seen the movie Inside Out by Pixar? Okay. So you know Joy. At least I have perfect. That makes a lot of sense that you've seen this. That makes perfect sense. Also emotional people. I love it. So yeah, it's like that their animation in the movie, if you guys have never seen it, their skin is not like a barrier. It's like effervescent. They like kind of blend into their surroundings and joy, which is the emotion of joy is this yellow, super bubbly person. And so that, and they're just kind of gliding around this mind of this little girl going on these adventures and explorations. And that's what it feels like. It feels like effortless. It feels bubbly and joyful and effervescent is the word that comes up, which is why I thought of their like little weird effervescent skin barrier. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, The glow, whatever that is. (laughs) They're just kind of pixelated. I don't know. It feels effervescent. It feels easy and it feels safe. It's safe to want to play. It's safe to not have an opinion about this. That's another thing too, that I had to like really be okay with is people have a lot of opinions about really political issues and things like that. And I have an opinion, but I don't feel like I have to share this and be like, I'm a leader of this now. And you need to know like what this is. It's safe to have those things and to not have to like be overtly standing for or against something. And so yeah, effervescence, ease, flow, gliding, safe peaceful. That's what it feels like. I love it. I feel like there's, I don't know if this is a scene or my inner vision cognition making something up, but I feel like there's gotta be a scene where joy runs and then slides on something. Yeah. Yes. There's also a scene too, where she's watching a memory of Riley ice skating and she's ice skating in the thing. And she's just sliding across the surface and it looks like the smoothest surface you've ever seen. It looks so effortless. This last top that she's sliding on. And that's what it feels like. There's no resistance. No Mm. resistance is what it is. It's just a smooth, smooth sailing ahead. Mm, Beautiful. What are the sensations associated with desire for you? Mm. Yeah. Desire resistance in terms of, Oh, it's this heavy thing. I have to move and I got to work real hard for it. I got to prove a certain thing, something to, I didn't tie this experience to this until now, but that feeling when you are arguing with somebody who's really intellectual and the person who's like super smart and they intellectualize everything and they're really good at logic. I don't have any logic circuitry in my chart. And so what it feels like is I'm trying to express my real experience, but because I can't say in this logical, perfectly intellectualized way, I can never fully get to my self-expression. And it feels like I have to try so hard and I have to speak this language that isn't mine, which is logic or whatever in this this scenario. But desire motivation is like, I have to speak this language that I don't know and I can't express myself in and I have to try really hard and I have to be in this way that isn't me, but other people expect me to be. Yeah. Yeah, That's what it feels like. That's been a theme of, I have to do this thing that I don't want to do before I can get to what I actually want to do. There's this theme that I've seen with the transferred motivations of it's very much, I have to do this before I get there. And with the conversations that I've been having, the theme of regret has popped up. The theme of regret, if you're regretting past decisions, it can pull you away from your motivation sometimes. I was having a conversation with Alex about hope, and she was saying that sometimes she feels almost irresponsible for connecting with that hope motivation and always being in that energy she feels guilty for sometimes taking action from that space. You talking about that desire of, I have to make it make sense to other people before I can get there. 
I'm just connecting that with that conversation. So do you feel, is there any sense of regret associated with decisions that you've made in the past that were maybe made from that transferred motivation? Yeah, I think mostly the way that it shows up would be in those personal relationships. I think I've caused a lot of friction in relationships because I was like, no, I need to be the leader and take charge of this, especially in like family. I mean, family, family vacation, somebody should like do a lot of research on family vacations and the documentary and why it's so fucking triggering and all of that kind of stuff. love to fund that at some point. <laughs> Especially the but, uh, perspective with hentas and different location and ooh. Oh God, an astrocartography. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. Well, somebody listening to this, please go do that. We had <laughs> an inspired <laughs> idea. Take it. Respond to it. <laughs> please. Uh, yeah. I think I caused a lot of friction, for example, and I don't necessarily regret it, but I'm sad that it happened, I guess, but it's like a big thing that was a point of tension in my family was one that I was vegetarian for like 14 years. I'm in the Latino family. That's like, what even is that? When I was vegan, my dad made me scrambled eggs with cheese and turkey. And I was like, I can't eat any of this except for the oil that you cooked it in. So being a vegetarian, then also when I was studying marine science, being so into the environmental aspect, and that really fucked me up in terms of the desired motivation. I was like, I have to change the world and we have to save the ocean and whatever. Wow. Yeah, I would cause a lot of friction in my family because I was like, stop using single-use plastics. And me wanting to be a vegetarian was seen as me trying to be different, like a rebel than everyone else. I was like, well, I am an Aquarius rising, but no, I just want to <laughs> eat this way. God damn it. So it just caused a lot of tension and frustration for a long time. If there's anything to regret, it's just, I wish I could have just let myself not have to be in control all the time and have to change the way that people were and just let myself be. I think that's also maybe something about your motivation is like, when you let yourself be, you let other people be as well. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that tied in beautifully. Since I, I love how view and motivation, they correlate so beautifully. So your view is possibility. How do you feel like possibility and innocence have shaped the way that you see the world. Yeah, I think that it's just, again, those go, I think that you're right, those go well, very beautifully together. And having innocence motivation, it means that when I'm sharing a possibility, it's genuinely coming from, this could be a really cool thing. It's not, this is how you're going to change the world. And like, here's this crazy agenda. You know what I mean? Possibility has also shown up like real strongly. I can just tie so many experiences to that every time that I'm talking to somebody. I'm like, have you thought about this? There's always some sort of possibility. Here's what's possible. Here's how you could create this certain thing. It just comes from a place of pure sacral joy and like excitement about that thing rather than, and here's how you're going to be the change or whatnot. Yeah. Mm, Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah, just being MG, sacral energy, like (laughs) bopping around, moving around. I see the possibilities when I do them from a place of fun then it becomes a completion of, I responded to the same because I saw the possibility and then it just did it from a fun place and it was just play and there's no uh, weird, crazy agenda behind it. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So innocence motivation, what are you playing with right now? Ooh. Okay. Well, the thing that I'm playing with mostly is my apartment. <laughs> just having a lot of fun <laughs> decorating it and letting like on the floor back here. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. All the things. It's like the only thing I want to focus on in terms of business. It really is like what I'm most excited about just at all times. I think this would be true for 
pretty much anybody, but you could especially talk about that with generators. Like what are they most excited about from my context? It's like, I come at everything from a place of play. And so what do I want to play with? Like you were asking right now, I want to play with the gene keys. Everything that I'm focused on is the gene keys, the compendium, which is the resource Eden was mentioning before the final piece is writing up all the gene keys and those are getting done. And that's what I want to do anyway. So that's really exciting. And that's the last step of the game, creating containers for people to contemplate their gene keys further. I just finished up a four day training on that. It was just super fun to just talk about gene keys all day. I'm always playing with, it's kind of what you were talking about off the recording about astrology and human design and gene keys. It's like, I'm always playing with how it all connects, just putting two things together and seeing like, how does this relate? That's always a way that I'm kind of approaching my own contemplation. I love that. That's a very similar thing to me is I'll find something like, cool, I get that. And then I want to look at it in comparison to something else. Okay. How does the circuitry affect the channels? And I had to go through all of the gates. I had to understand the gates before I actually felt like I understood the channels. And then I needed to piece together. How does this gate and this gate work together? What are the pairing partners of each of these? How do those show up in this expression too? I need to see how everything works together. So that's one of the reasons why I'm so obsessed with the compendium and (laughs) I love being able to just look at the different things, like where are the projected channels? You pointed out that there's so many Capricorn gates in the root center. And that's really interesting to me as well. Yeah. Just adding that layer is so fascinating. So I'm really excited to see what comes through for you next with bringing these things together from your innocence motivation. Yeah. And and what's interesting is that, well, first of all, I wanted to point out too, you do something too, that I love to do is also connecting with things outside and you do such a great job learning styles and then your nursing background and you're just like oh that's so weird that this thing in human design connects with this I wish I had a degree in biochem I actually do have a degree in biochem but a degree in biochem specifically around amino acids and genetics like oh my god that would be if I knew that stuff the gene keys I think would be like even more mind-blowing but the compendium was a total sense of play it was like yeah let me put all this data together this is so fun look at all this connection seeing just how perfectly all the systems align. I mean, it helped me to understand it all so much more, but it was just so fun. The writing part has been a little bit more challenging. Map the data, I could do that all day. (laughs) I could do that all day. It was so much fun. So yeah. Oh, that's so exciting. Do you feel like there's anything else that you want to discuss specifically around your motivation? Mostly that I think it's important to look at. And I think that if you're listening to this, just kind of take it as an invitation to look at your motivation. For me, it was so life-changing. And I think specifically for innocence motivation people, especially in the world of business, that validation, you don't have to be a leader and change the world. The people that I've spoken with that are innocence motivation people, it's been such a weight off of their shoulders. And I think for everybody could be really helpful, but particularly for innocence motivation Mm -hmm. people, I found that to be really helpful. I'm actually in a mastermind, a self-organized mastermind for the girls and I, we've been meeting for almost two years and four out of the five of us are transitional profiles and have innocence motivation, which is really weird because you don't tend to find us very often. Yeah, It's become like a grounding center point of our discussions around business is like, don't forget, don't try to like be this crazy leader. I will say this one thing too, one of the things that I stopped doing after discovering innocence motivation was coaching. And it's only recently that I've opened it up again because Mm -hmm. coaching would trigger that person in me who was like, I got to control and control your results and be the super leader and prove myself. So yeah, know your motivation and then innocent motivation people get the weight off your shoulders. You don't have to be this like (laughs) Gandhi that needs to transform everything. Yeah. 
yeah, I think that weight off the shoulders for innocence motivation is really the key takeaway. I think that for all of the motivations, there is like just that sense of relief when you do find alignment with it. I will just mention that anyone who is not 100% sure on your birth time, a lot of the variable information, things like motivation and sense and trajectory may not be accurate. If you are using, I know I was born in the morning, so I'm going at 11 AM. I encourage you to just feel through all of the episodes that we're doing since we're doing a series on all of the motivations But just see how I just had a conversation with somebody who, when she's in innocence, she doesn't feel like she is motivated and she struggles to find that motivation or the things that she is motivated to do don't end up being in alignment with her. But then for Maria, we've just had this amusing conversation around the exact opposite, where when she is in the energy of innocence instead of desire, that's where she feels that sense of relief and that sense of peace when she's taking action and then she's motivated to play. So if you're not 100% sure on your birth time, I do actually encourage you to feel through all of these, use your emotional, use your authority, mine's emotional. So I always just say emotional authority, (laughs) use your authority to see which of these conversations and from which of these motivated perspectives do you feel the most physical relief in your body. And I encourage you to explore all of them. I think that that's really important information. Just explore all of them Mm -hmm. and just seeing how none of the transferred motivations are bad because we're all just motivated from a slightly different angle. It doesn't mean that you're taking action from an incorrect motivation. It just means that from the angle in which you're approaching life, There are certain things that are going to drive you towards things that are aligned. And there are certain sensations that are going to drive you towards things that are possibly unaligned. That's my two cents. Dad. (laughs) Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. And I'll say this, what I have found for those of you, you're not so sure on your birth time. It's actually sometimes even a little bit easier to see that your transferred motivation and pick that up a little bit easier in your life. Cause sometimes it's harder to be like, what is alignment? Mm-hmm. It's easier to be like, what's out of alignment. So read up about all the motivations, listen to them. And then also hear us talk about what it feels like to be in the transfer motivation. Cause we just remember pain more as humans. It's a psychological <laughs> thing. We feel pain more than the pleasure. And so I would also encourage you to listen to all the transfer motivations and see like, oh, have I felt this thing that this person is talking about or reading about the descriptions too. The transfer motivations can just be a little bit more obvious, but yeah, no, I couldn't agree more with what you were saying. Perfect. Is there anything else that you just want to chat about? I have another hour and 15 minutes if you wanted to talk that long, but yeah, anything else that's coming up for you that you want to chat about today? Oh man. I'm just curious to hear, I'm assuming you'll be doing the fear motivation episode. Okay, cool. So I'll wait to hear about that, but (laughs) that's the only thing coming up around that. What else? No, I think that's it. I feel really complete around the innocence motivation piece. I could talk about it for a long time, but yeah. Yeah. I was just tuning into the energy. I'm like, I feel like we're wrapping up the conversation. So I just wanted to offer that invitation for anything else, but Thank you so much for being here, Maria. This was a beautiful conversation and it's always delightful to connect and chat with you. I love resonating and harmonizing with your 3420 as well. That companionship channel (laughs) just feels really good to be around. I feel like we respond to each other very well. So thank you for being here. Thank you for your presence and for this conversation. If you want to share really quickly where everyone can come find you, hang out with you and explore all of the things that you're excited about right now with you, you can do that. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me again. Like I was saying, it was a dream to 
I'm here. I'm very happy to be here. Glad I could talk about one of my favorite topics. Everything that I do is on Instagram. If you're listening, it's just by Maria Henning. So B-Y and then my first and last name. And yeah, creating lots of cool things, including an entire online encyclopedia and database resource like we've been talking about around human design and gene keys. Amazing. Well, thank you everyone for listening. We'll see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of the Motivation Movement. If you are currently buzzing with inspiration and craving more depth, more support, more examples, and even more conversations similar to this, the Sacred Success Business Academy is the perfect place for you. This is a 12-month high-level embodiment experience designed to help you step into the next era of business as an aligned CEO and leader of your team. There's a certain group of people right now who are being called forward to be leaders in their chosen field, but creating the kind of widespread change that the world currently needs can feel overwhelming if you feel like you're in it alone. If you know that your mission is bigger than you, then it's time to release self-doubt, it's time to break down your walls, and it's time to call in the soulful support that your business is craving. This will allow you to amplify your impact and get this work out into the world where it's designed to be. If you're ready to dedicate a full year to creating alignment in your business, I encourage you to check out the Sacred Success Business Academy and then listen to the Aligned Decision-Making Podcast episode to tune into your inner authority and see if this embodiment experience is correct for you.